Hello again, Hello again. Everyone. everyone. Everyone's good. Just before I start to talk, what I came to talk about. Um, this I'm newly married, as you know. Uh, hey, yeah. This morning, I decided to go for a run after a week or so without any sport. I do play football tennis usually quite often, but I said, oh, I'm gonna go for a run. Honey, I'm gonna go for a run, okay? Um, yeah, but we got stuff to do in the house. And I said, okay, you're right. I'm not gonna go for a run. She said, I know, go, but when you return, you're gonna help me. Fair enough, good deal, right, husbands? Anyway, I went for a run. And I said, are you sure you don't want me to stay? She said, no, no, go for it. And then what happened when I went for a run? Twist my uncle. More of the story is always, more of the story is always listen to your wives, no matter what. Amen? <laughs> yeah. Right. If you don't mind to open your Bibles on John, Gospel of John chapter 16, it's a single verse which is the last one, 33, that I will read out, uh, based this message on it. Uh, you will understand why as, we, as I go along. Yeah, it's the passage where, you know, um, after that, when Jesus talks about the work, the Holy Spirit, uh, the sorrow that he returns to joy. Anyway, Christ has overcome the world, which is my point. I will be talking about um, God and mental health is the thing, um, but I do want to, all of you to include mental health slash struggles, because we all struggle with something, yeah? I'm sure I'm not the only one here who has a struggle, maybe it is struggling, and I pray not to, but you will probably struggle as long as you live in this earth. That's the way it is. And uh, funny thing, nobody says amen. But it is biblical, yeah. <laughs> the, the verse is 33 on John 16 that says, um, These things, that's Jesus speaking, I have spoken unto you that in me might have peace. Now, in the world you shall have tribulation. In this world we will have tribulation. This world, in this world we will absolutely have challenges, struggles, but, that's the good bit, <laughs> be of a good cheer, although the tribulations, I have overcome the world. Amen? Amen. How many of you guys, or how many of us, uh, have physical health issues, any sorts? Good. I don't, praise the Lord, but I, well... I do today. Yeah. <laughs> Second question. Pay very attention to it. How many of us have mental health? Mental health. If you haven't lifted up your hand, uh, you are wrong, I'm afraid, because you do have mental health. Doesn't mean that you are going through any mental health issue, praise the Lord, but we all have mental health. Yeah? If you have physical health, you have mental health. 
And that's the way we're built by God. Ask him why, not me. I don't know. It's okay. It, I know it's a funny thing in some of uh, uh, spheres of the Christian world. Not many people like to talk about mental health. I didn't, to be honest, uh, a few years ago. But it's a very present thing. However, it's always been around us in history. And I will show you what I mean as I go forward. But before I carry on, just two little points. Number one, just like any other health issues, i.e. vision, eyesight issues, a lot of people wear glasses here. I know you guys uh, have some sort of eyesight difficulties. Otherwise, you wouldn't be wearing glasses unless if you like to you know, be a bit fashion and stuff, which, no judgment. Uh, arthritis issues, maybe. Uh, liver or kidney conditions. So none of us are immune of having mental health issues. None of us are immune. If you are in this planet, if you live in this world, you are subject to have issues. I pray that you don't have it, amen? But you are subject. Despite your faith, um, despite how much you trust and know and have a relationship with the Lord, uh, knowing that He's sovereign over your life, know that He saved you, know that when you leave this planet eventually by death or by when Christ comes and collects us, you, you, you and I, we're not immune. We are subject to that. We are in this planet. Number two, if it is happening to you right now, or if it has happened before, or if you happen in future, and again, I pray that it doesn't, but if it does, if it does happen to you, I want to tell you something. It's fine. It's fine. You are human. Not all of us are human. Yeah? It's okay. We are all subject, like I say, to any health and physical or mental health issues. It is normal to struggle. We all, we all do struggle, don't we? Different areas of our life, different times, different reasons, different ways. It does become an issue, however, when you and I, we just cross our arms in our struggles. What I mean by that is you don't do nothing about it. You just become comfortable. Oh, uh, I struggle with, I don't know, uh, I swear too much, but so what? God is going to forgive me, so I'll just carry on swearing. Oh, I struggle to avoid to go to certain websites. Jesus is the Jesus of love, right? He will forgive me, which he will. But you just, you have the whatever attitude. And that is when the issue comes. And for mental health as well, it's the same. When you just accept it. Accept it is okay as long as you do something about it afterwards. Not just accept it and don't do nothing about it. I'll be sharing briefly here. I'll try to be as briefly as possible with some examples of people from the Bible, people of God, who perhaps have done more and contributed more to God's kingdom than you and I together will ever do, yet they have had their struggles, physical, mental, and emotional. What does that, ha does that have to do with us today? Well, it is just an illustration that I, although it might be painful and not easy to understand, not only mental health, but as I said, any struggles, we should not be surprised with the struggles and challenges that we face. If that ca catches you up by surprise still, 
you need to you know, reconsider some of the things. It's very clear, clean and clear in the Bible that in this world, as I just read, Jesus himself said, you will have suffered tribulations. Good people suffer. God's people suffer. You want an, another example? How many of our brothers and sisters are dying? Dying, literally, because they are confessing Christ in places in this world. Yeah? How many families, as the brother said about the Miami building thing, out of what, 150 to 200 people? I'm sure there are at least one there that belong to our family, family of Jesus. Have you thought about that? That family, or his family, her family, or their family? They are suffering. So it proves my point that it's inevitable. Fortunately and unfortunately, depending on in which perspective we see it life. But the point is, God people suffer, and that includes mental health. So let's take some of the, those examples in consideration. First one, Abraham. I won't be able to read all the, the passages, but please read it at home. It's in Genesis 22, from 1 to 19. Uh, I'll just summarize a little bit. Uh, Abraham was an old man when God fulfilled his promise to him and his wife Sarah, Isaac. I'm sure you have heard this story many times. So once that promise has finally arrived to Abraham, not long after, so imagine the guy and his wife expecting for years, 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 years. Then God, at his time, delivers. And then not after a while, <laughs> it sounds like I'm joking, isn't it? But not after not as long, oh, Abraham, come here, give me back. What? Could you imagine what it went through Abraham's mind and head in that period from speaking to God, or God speaking to him saying, give me back, to the Isaac episode, the just, just before the sacrifice. How this man has cope with that? His head. Did he believe in God? Oh yeah. You know he did. Read his story. Amazing. I mean, first it takes a long time, at least in our human standards, for God to deliver his promise to him. And then after the fulfillment in his life and his wife's life, God comes and takes away Isaac. The Bible obviously does not mention specifically what he felt in a clinical and a medical point of view. However, if I, were, if I were to guess his emotions, I reckon they were all over the place, don't you? Even being a man of God on those moments, knowing that you've been told to sacrifice your son. I didn't want to be on his place, to be honest. Even if I knew it was just a test, I wouldn't like to be on his place. Definitely not a very nice days that he lived up to go up to his, uh, the mountain. And by the way, he had to keep it for himself. <laughs> he couldn't share-ish. He was just ooh, suffocating. So Abraham became a very good example in many ways that despite all the challenges, and Isaac was not the only one. If you hear his uh, biography, his story in the Bible, you will see that that guy... Uh, was a man of God, he had a really good attitude of, Abraham, come here. Yes, Lord. Abraham, go that way. Yes, Lord. Abraham, come back here. Yes, Lord. He never questioned. So he was a man of God. 
pleased God hard. He trusted the Lord, and he did what he was supposed to do still. So focusing, I know it's not a very mental health example, but try to follow me here. Don't let mental health stop you. I know it hurts. I know that it feels that there is no way out, but let me tell you, there is. So, you know which one is the, the way out? The Lord, Jesus Christ. That's the way out. He will structure you, guide you, and as I go through, you understand what I mean. It is never easy, and if somebody told you that being a Christian uh, uh, makes you not, not go through things and makes you not going through the hard way, they, I don't know what they are based upon about, but the Bible never promised that would be an uh, easy journey. Just read the, the, all the many stories. But there is hope in the Lord. Amen? Joseph, example number two. Read it between Genesis 37 to 47. I mean, it's a rich story. In fact, if not my favorite, one of my favorites. Summarizing here, very briefly, but, but please do read at home, okay? Uh, had many brothers, and since he was a little boy, he knew exactly that he had a purpose in this world. Purpose from God. And he knew that he had a specific task, and it was God's task. As a little boy, okay? So growing up with that, you would think, hmm, you know, what a confidence that this young man must have. Driven by jealousy, his brothers, they sold him as a slave and went back and told his father that he was killed. Many years have gone by, and not only a slave, but he also became a prisoner. When things looked, like, looked a little bit more pro promising to Joseph, he thought, he was falsely accu accused by his boss's wife and sent to prison. In jail, inside a cage, because of a crime that he was innocent, he did not commit. Pause. Can you imagine what went through his mind? Like, are you the same God who told me that uh, you had a purpose, a specific purpose for me? What is going on? What did I do? What is this? So, what went through his mind? I'll have to guess again. Anxiety? Maybe, I think. Sadness? Definitely. Fear? Although he believed in the Lord. We all, we all fear sometimes, don't we? I do. I was born Christian, but I still have my moments. Trust me. Possible depression in some scale? He had reasons for it. Circumstantial reasons. How did this man react, Joseph? Well, at the very same prison, rejoicing the Lord, knowing that God had all the control over the situation, and the fact that he was there and went through all he experienced, was God's purpose. So it's very important for you, who are struggling mentally, to find your purpose in the Lord. It works. <laughs> Again, still difficult, still tough some days, very bad. Some days you don't actually believe you are in the way that you're supposed to be. But if you found your purpose, the Lord's purpose, not your purpose, let me rephrase that, God's purpose in your life, you start, you're starting to, you know, build up the jigsaw puzzle and things are starting to make sense. Still a long way, still hard, but it's different. Amen? Was Joseph feeling a bit depressed or sad, anxious, 
fearful? What do you guys think? I would say yes, at least a little bit. Some parts of his journey, you know, some key moments. Reading the full story, and please read it, it's amazing if you haven't. It's a great outcome at the end, and other examples that would be a different sermon. Not today, but great. But let me tell you, there is always hope and solution for you and I when we are in the Lord. Amen? And only say amen if you believe that, because amen means I agree. <laughs> is the way sometimes painful? Yeah. Long, and it seems the hardest way? Absolutely. If you have any sort of mental health struggles or issues, like I do, like I do, there is solution for us. Amen? There is solution. And I'll tell you at the end what I think we should do. However, before I go to that point, I think we should have a couple more examples. Paul, the apostle. Well, <laughs> read all the letters in the New Testament, the book of Acts, Romans, Hebrews, although he not officially wrote this, but I don't know. I think he did. It sounds like it. But it's, anyway, a lot of examples from Paul. But where do I start with this guy? You know Paul used to persecute Christians, yeah? He used to murder them. Okay, so we're talking about this guy. <laughs> then he's on his way to Damascus. And then God comes without warning. <laughs> strikes him. Uh, read the story after. But he is converted. It was those epiphany moments. <laughs> oh, what happened? Some scholars say that he stayed in the desert of Arabia for three years after that strike moment just to get his mind around things. So I'm talking about someone who's been, he was born, grown up, was educated, and he was teached to hate Christians. Then suddenly, the love of God consumes him. Now, pause. What was his head like? Can you imagine? Like, you've been saying oh, all your life, oh, this is the way, this is the way, this is the way, this is the way, this, and then suddenly, that's not the way. That's the way. Three years, apparently, a bit more, a bit less, it took him just to get his head around of what happened. After that, those three years, the, love, the Lord kept shaping him for at least, some scholars say, up to 10 years. After those three years, there was another 10 years of the Lord sharpening him like a sword, like a knife. Okay, are you still following me? Good. Took about 13 to 15 years from the striking moment till he actually officially started his ministry. We don't know if he did anything in between, but the facts that we have, or the closest that we have, is that it took 15 years for Paul to start his ministry officially. Okay. How do you think he felt <laughs> during this whole pro process? His mind, his emotions, his anxiety, hmm? maybe some depression and sadness were there as well. Shall I carry on with this man a little bit? Yes, I think I should. By now, the popular Apostle Paul. 
He then experienced a few other things, simple things, like his ship sunk about two or three times. He was stoned prison a in prison a couple of times, including the last one in Rome, where he then eventually was executed. He was neglected. He suffered persecution. He died alone in solitude and was asked just before he was beheaded if he wanted to say any final words. Paul was a Roman citizen, so on that um, occasion, would, would I not, if I asked myself, do you want to say any final words? Maybe you have a short one, you know, convince them, hey, guys, take it easy, you know, don't chop my head off. I know what you like, you know, I used to, you know, how many of us would not do that, maybe, on a desperation moment? You know what he did? His words were um, like this. For the God Almighty, through Christ Jesus, all the honor and glory, a, before he said men, chopped, beheaded, gone. Literally. I, just, I feel really tired and really upset as well when I read this story because that, that guy suffered, didn't he? There was a lot that went on in his life. If I'm talking about in a human perspective, it was really tough for him. This man, however, Paul, did all with joy, all of it, knowing that God was in control. Do I think he suffered? Or at least he had some moments of anxiety. He was sad at times or probably even experienced some kind of depression. Absolutely, I think so. Would you not? Having the life that he had, I probably wouldn't make it on the first sink of one of the ships. However, he carried on, not in his strengths, but in the Lord's strengths. You and me, dear brothers and sisters, we can carry on despite our struggles. Do you actually believe in what I'm saying, that you can carry on despite your struggles, despite, despite the possible mental health issue? That you have, by the way, mental health issue doesn't mean you have depression only, yeah? There's a lot, there's a massive universe. Anxiety, things in your head, that's a mental health issue. It's not depression, but it's a mental health issue. So when I say mental health doesn't translate depression only, please. Depression is another ball game included in the mental health area. But anyway, we must carry on. Amen? It's very hard to carry on. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm not going to be... There are days that are really, really, really tough. Believe me, I know. Nobody told me. I know. I know it's hard. But it's worth it to carry on. Because God has a purpose to all of us. For me, for you. Different purposes, but all to His kingdom, all to His glory. So if you truly believe in what I'm saying, please carry on. Amen? I've got two more examples, uh, not from the Bible, it's later on in the church history. The first one, who have heard of a gentleman called Charles Harden Spurgeon? Yeah? I had the privilege to study my Bible college at Spurgeon's College in, in London. Uh, so I, I got to know a little bit more of his uh, history. At his time, Charles Spurgeon was known as the Prince of Preachers within the preacher's world. So he was quite popular to have that nickname associated to him. A man who had only one thing in his mind, preach the gospel. Like with fire and 
aggressive on a good way of aggressive. Very passionate. Now, this very same man, the prince of the preachers, the guy who had only one thing in his mind to bring Jesus glory, if I tell you that as well as surfing for severe gout, which is an acid uric issue my father used to have, and it did sound painful, but uh, he also suffered from severe depression. Did you know that? To a point that some occasions, more than once, he, he had to be removed from the pulpit while he was preaching because the crisis of depression was so strong. Imagine this, me talking to you right now, and I'm having a crisis suddenly from depression that Jeff and son, one in each arm, said, we got you, brother, don't worry about it. They will have to take me out of the pulpit. I haven't ever seen this, like, personally. <laughs> but this guy has experienced that. So clinically, obviously, he was perhaps not the adequate person to do what he was doing. And I wrote here, he had all the excuses, but in fact, no, he had genuine reasons to A, feel sorry for himself, B, looking for another alternative to do something else. And believe me, if I, if I was alive and if I was his friend, that's what I would suggest him. Man, look after your health properly. Come out of this, uh, not come out of the, the, the kingdom of God, obviously not, but come out of this uh, schedule that you have because obviously you need to look after yourself first. Then you can come back. Not him. He faced his struggles, mental health, depression issues, health issues, and carry on leaving a legacy. Was it, was it easy? No, absolutely not. But as, as all the other examples I've mentioned, he chose to keep moving forward is a choice. Moving on is a choice. Nobody's gonna do it for you. It's a choice. You either, yes, I'll go, or no, I, I won't go, but it's a choice. I urge you, please keep moving on. Do you know why? I'll just give you two reasons. First of all, life is beautiful because God gave you a life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what happened to you, it's beautiful. So be thankful, not just with words. Thank you, Jesus, for life. Yes. B, live your life the best way you can live. It's very important. Second reason, it will help your mental health. Have that kind of attitude. I will keep going. I don't feel like it, but I'll keep going. I don't want to get out of my bed, but I will get out of my bed. I don't want to come out, but I will go around the block. I don't want to speak to some, but I will call some. I don't want to have a coffee with my brother there, but I will have my coffee with my brother there. Is fighting against what is consuming you. And it's okay if it's consuming you. Doesn't mean you don't believe in God. I'm talking, it's illness, it's our body, it's our mind. It's nothing to do with what is here, our faith. So relax. If you're going through this, it's okay in terms of it's natural, okay? Please keep moving on. There is always hope in Christ, and that, that hope does include mental health. My last example, there's a, there was a gentleman called, I hope my German is, <laughs> Dietrich Bonhoeff. Who has heard of Bonhoeff? If you haven't, you should. <laughs> 
a German theologian, Lutheran pastor, fought the Nazis regime. His writings and work that he did, Bahnhof, were probably the most, or one, at least one of the very most influential of the 1900s, where until these days, today, a lot of work and legacy is used by seminaries and pastors around the globe. I read his stuff. Um, I did some work when I was in Bible college. Good stuff, I recommend. Banhoff, he studied in America. He was ordained, sorry, uh, pastor in Berlin on, you know, the times of war. So, founded a movement called Confessing Church, had ministries here in the UK, in London, built, he built an underground seminaries in closed places. It's like if I tell you that uh, in our day, he would be like somewhere like, I don't know, Iran, and, and build a Bible college there. <laughs> it's impossible on his strengths, would be impossible. But he, this guy did that. So basically, a man who had things going his way, very useful, very productive to the kingdom of God, living his life at fullest. So by looking at his biography, no problems at all, right? Wrong. <laughs> he had issues, like you and I. I'll tell you some. He was harassed by the Nazis. He was arrested and mistreated in jail. Could only spend a brief time with his fiance. Uh, was constantly, constantly persecuted. Yet, he continued to work in jail and reached not only the fellow inmates, but the guards as well. He was converting people there while he was in the middle of his agony, his anxiety, his sadness, maybe depression, I don't know. But he was moving on. He chose to carry on, which we all should. According to scholars, again, one of his students, uh, Banhoff's students, was, was there on his last moments, okay? Before he was executed. So he described how fervently Banhoff was praying, but not for him. Not like, oh, Lord, free me. Uh, you know, like, like I would, probably. Save me from this nightmare right now, please. I beg you. And there's nothing wrong to do this, by the way. But this guy was praying for his, the goals that the God, Lord had to him. And if that goal included him being executed, which he ended up being executed, fine. Other scholars say that this same guy, Banhoff, suffered from severe depression. Severe depression. Although, although, sorry, that all that he went through, which I have just mentioned, the struggles and the challenges, and those last two examples were very mental health struggles as well, he also chose to move on. Amen? Chose to move on. Now let's bring the time forward to our days. What about you? What about me? What about our own struggles? What about our mental health issues? You know, although it's not a, a um, comparison, comparethemarket.com just came to my mind. <laughs> it's not a comparison or it's not a competition. We, us, 2021, present time, okay? Actually, we have more sources to equip and help us fight our issues, especially mental health. 
because I can only imagine how horrific that was back on those days where there was not a lot of information going on, was it? And maybe there was some sort of a, you Christian, you cannot be sad kind of thing, even more. Well, I will point to those right now. Number one, the same God that is, was then is the same God today. Amen? I change, you guys change, God doesn't. Amen? So if God was those people's reasons for living, their centers, their main priority in their agendas, the miracle wonder, worker, so he can be ours as well, in case if he's not already, and I'm hoping that he is already by now, your savior, your miracle worker. So why I'm saying this, as long as God is, is the priority of your agenda, you will be fine. Even when it doesn't feel like you're gonna be fine, and for my mental health people here, like myself, even when our head tells us that we're not gonna be fine, ever, you, you will be fine. If he's the center of your life, you will be fine. Trust me, nobody told me, I know. Amen? Number two, medicine today. It's miles ahead than was back then. Much developed, much better than those times. Not only the Bible's example, but also the other guys too later on in history. So how is that helpful for us then today? Well, please seek help from a professional. I'm a Christian guy. My hope is in Christ. I know he's sovereign in my life. I know that if he wants, he will stop things as well as if he wants, he will start things. I know he's the God who heals if he wants to, and he won't heal if he doesn't want to. I know he changes impossible circumstances if he wants to, but he will not change if he doesn't want to. Seek professional help, especially if this professional in question is a brother or sister of ours in Christ. There are some Christian people who are getting, you know, steered to be involved more on a medical area of our society. So preferably look for someone who is Christian. And I believe actually in the years to come, more of our brothers and sisters will be engaging more in this health area, physical and mental, both. And it's very important to have our people in the midst of this, just as we prayed as well about the government, for example, very key to have brothers and sisters of us on the top chairs, having the heart of Christ to be an influence, so is in this uh, health area as well. God created medicine, yeah? It wasn't a human person who created medicine. If he made your body, he created the medicine. If he created you, he created medicine. So go and seek for help. This will not downgrade your faith. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I believe in God, but I, I'm so grateful that he created medicine, science, physics. They're useful stuff, biology. I mean, who, my, my brothers and sisters who are wearing glass, by wearing your glasses, all of you, does that downgrade your faith? Does that make your faith weaker? Does that make you less of a, of a Christian? Who takes medicine here for anything? Diabetes, <laughs> uh, blood pressure, 
Are you still the same Christian? Yeah? Yeah? You still trust the Lord with a full heart? But you still take the tablets, don't you? Great, because that's what they're for. So if you're suffering from mental health, seek for professional people. Of course you're going to put all your trust in the Lord. You will put your trust a lot anyway to go there in the corner and buy a carton of milk. So why would you not do it for treat all your emotions or the possible mental health issue you have as well as all your physical problems? Remember, Jesus, within his disciples, the ones, one, one of his disciples there, his name was Luke. You know who Luke was by trade? Doctor. Doctor. Qualified doctor. There are indications that after Jesus, uh, when Paul was already officially in the ministry, he became really good friends with the Apostle Paul. So they walked together quite a lot, spreading the gospel. And um, people used to come to them for spiritual guidance. Who is this Jesus you're talking about? Which obviously is the main thing. But also, oh, uh, Luke, um, can you pray for me? Yeah, brother, no problem. Amen. Oh, by the way, Luke, uh, I heard you are a doctor, right? Um, I'm feeling a bit, you know, funny on my shoulder. You know, he used to do like medical appointments as well. As well as spreading the gospel. So if Jesus on his chosen 12 had a doctor with him, Jesus had a doctor within the group, why can I, you and I not, you know, seek for a doctor help if we need one? That might be the case that you don't need it. Hopefully. And I pray that you don't. But if you do, you're only going to know if you look for one. So go and do it. Amen? God created medicine. Yeah? It's not a man thing. Some, some doctors think they are God, but they're... Until the life comes and whisper to them. <laughs> no, no. It's a God thing. Number three. We have all the examples that I have mentioned and many more. Observe and learn from it. These guys did not have what we have today, which is actually their life story as an example. Just as, a, as an, an example. As you can see, they all persist within their struggles, mental, physical, circumstantial. Life was hard back then, tough sometimes, and it's still today. I'm never going to preach anywhere in the world and tell anyone that things are going to be easy, sunny, and flurry because I'll be lying. It's the hard. But with Jesus, the hard becomes good. The hope becomes reality. And even in the midst of your storm, you can still smile and live your life. Not being fake. <laughs> Everything's okay always. No. Not always. But with Jesus, I know I'm okay. Even in the days that I'm not okay. That's your, the switch on your brain. In fact, I actually think on, on this specific topic, mental health, I think we are actually better than they were on their days. Because as I say, we have more information, better medicine, development, resources, people, we can talk about it. So use, use this. You only live once, don't wonder, use. Of course, ask God for the guidance, for him to show which way you need to go. 
show which clinic or show which doctor or show which person to seek advice from, doesn't matter. Put it all on his hands, but do it. Yeah? Number four, final point for today. What is the legacy that you and I will leave when we go? And not just for our children, for people who met us and they're gonna go after us, and those who perhaps known about us. What sort of legacy do you wanna leave it? Are we gonna follow those examples and many other wonderful examples in the Bible and in history? How about Jesus' example? <laughs> I'm sure you follow his example, otherwise you wouldn't be here with me, celebrating him. He did cry, the Bible says, you know. Jesus cried. Jesus cried. He's there. As a man, when he was here in this planet, he felt things that we feel. Sadness, anxious. Remember, just before getting arrested, him talking to the Lord, Lord, free me from this. Even if those two seconds, how was his head, his heart? But then, click, because he's wonderful. He's not like us. Free me from this, but may your will be done. Amen. I'm in peace again. Oh, you want to arrest me? Go on. <laughs> so if Jesus experienced those things, even for a fraction of a second, it's fine if you are experiencing don't, I want you to break the taboo of Christian people. They don't, we became, I don't know what superhero names, like Transformers or like a Justice League. Well, yeah, nothing can touch us. Ha, ha, ha. You're wrong. That only happens in Hollywood. Come on. Guys, it's natural for us to, at some point in our lives, be affected by our mental health. And on small, great, and I pray that it's the case for all of us, but also in a large scale, depending on how our cells, our body is built. What is not natural and what is not okay is for you to call yourself a soldier of a warrior of a Christ, confessing him and this and that, and remain still, not doing what you know what you're supposed to be doing. That's not okay. It's acceptable because it's your life, it's your choice, but it's not okay. It contradicts to what the Bible teaches us and what the gospel of Christ teaches. So I'm about to finish. I beg you, please, 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 choose to fight. Face your mental health. Don't accommodate into it, but face it. Okay, I have it, if it's the case. If I do have it, what do I have to do to come out, out of it? Who do I need to see? What sort of professional do I need to assist me? What sort of mentor? Or what, what is my pastor says about that? Or what the, the, the reference in my life says? You know, explore. And mainly, of course, with Jesus, who has the control of everything. At the end of the day, it comes back to the point that God gives, God, take, God takes away. What does that mean? He has the control. Always. Even if you and I sometimes we don't believe it that he has for even if for like if it's a few moments of anxiety and, and desperation, you know, when our soul is agitated, anxious, 
I'm sure at least once in your life you felt like this. Otherwise, you're not human. You're just a robot, and I need to change your battery for something better. If this is happening to you, and again, I pray it isn't, seek for this help. Fight in God's strength, not yours. But fighting in God's strength means as well for you to take actions. Not your actions. Okay, mental health. You want to come? No, no. Seek for God's help and he will instruct you. Remember, he has the control. And if he allows it to happen to you, despite you praying for it, despite you getting treatment for it, despite everything that you might be facing on this thing, if he allows it, it's because he has a purpose for your life. You want to find out the purpose for your life? I got the answer for you, not me personally. Talk to him, God. Cry to him, God. Sing to him, God. Worship him, God. Focus on him, God. And what he has for you. Ask. It's very helpful, this. At least it is for me. When I found my purpose in this planet, I actually don't know how I'm going to get to my purpose, but I know my purpose. What do I mean by that is um, the journey is still hard, but you have a, a clear goal because it's God's goal for you. It's not mine anymore. So it's going to be a rough road still. I know that. I'm on this planet. I believe in what I'm reading from the Word. But it does help you. On the worst moments, you think about it. Oh, hang on. It's not over yet because the purpose is there. Not because I think it's there or because I want it to be there, but because God has revealed to me by His grace that the purpose is there. So that's why I'm going to carry on. Maybe we still hurt a bit or a lot. Maybe the road is going to be long, tough, and hard. But I can guarantee you with that purpose in the Lord, even if you're going to the most intense mental health issue that you can ever imagine, your perspective of things will change. You will, still, you will still pray not to have it, and I seek that you pray, carry on praying, carry on looking, seeking for help professionally, but your perspective will change when you focus in God and when He's the center of your agenda. Amen? I hope that was okay, and I pray that the Lord fulfills us each day, our minds, our hearts, that He protects us, especially in times that we don't know anything really, what's going to happen or how things are going to turn out. Uh, a lot of news, a lot of information, a lot of, you know, uh, difficult moments, Father. So we put all before you. We ask for your guidance, as Solomon asked, for your wisdom, because we don't know how to do this ourselves. We want you to take over. We want the purpose for our lives to be from you, not from our, our likes, because we, we know that's not going to be a long-lasting purpose like the ones you have for us. So teach us, protect our minds and our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.